Do you have a child that is gender confused? Are you the parent of somebody that is either identified as transgender using different pronouns or some other type of gender confused, just propaganda being shoved down your, your kids' throats? Well, I created the Biblically Parenting Gender Confused Children Support Group for parents just like you. The support group is completely free. We meet monthly and you are able to connect with other like-minded Christian parents that are struggling with how to parent children that are gender confused. They're getting all sorts of nonsense brought to them by the world. And I want to help connect parents that are going through similar struggles and be able to tackle this issue through a biblical worldview. If you are interested in joining this group or know somebody that might be interested in this group, head on over to faithfullyengaged.com and there's more information about the support group there. I have a link down in the description below. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Faithfully Engaged. Uh, really excited about a uh, guest I have on today, Alex Dimchek. So he is a uh, former quarterback in the, the SEC and uh, at Missouri. This was uh, uh, an interesting one for me. Uh, I don't know when this will air, but uh, this is the middle of football season when we're, we're airing this or when we're doing this. So that would be interesting. Talk to him about that, but also as a writer and speaker, all sorts of good stuff. So Alex, why don't you... Uh, Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Johnny, thanks for having me. And yeah, we're Mizzou plays LSU tomorrow at home, so we will be at the game. Uh, we're excited. Uh, whenever your listeners listen to this, we're in the middle of football season. Mizzou is five and zero right now. So there's my little uh, football snippet for the for the podcast. But yeah, I live in Missouri, uh, married with two kiddos, and um, get the chance to do about fifty speaking engagements per year. And then in 2020, uh, started a company called Streamline Books with my co-founder, and we. We help people write and edit and publish their book in about a 20-week or about a six-month six process, and um, give or take. And so we just love helping steward people's stories, man. And we just feel like there's so much news in the world today. It's like, what can we do to, to move people's stories and um, their testimonies and their encouragement forward? And so, yeah, I would say right now it's about 50-50. I spent my time, like this morning, I had a speaking engagement in St. Louis, Um and then half my other time is helping people with their book and, and things like that. So it's fun. I uh, live in the Midwest. Um, yeah, man. Excited to be here. Awesome. Um, so let, let me start actually on the, since, since we are in football season and uh, uh, for those of you that are in my area, I'm in Oklahoma, so it's uh, OU Texas weekend. It's a big, big deal around here. Um, tell me just a little bit about your, about your football journey and uh, what it was like playing, playing college football. Yeah, man, it's a great question. And yeah, that's a big rivalry game you just mentioned right there. So yeah, growing up as a sports fanatic, I would say, um, always loved sports and got the chance to uh, play college football and walked on at the University of Missouri. And um, honestly, you know, if I'm being totally transparent, my first two years on the team, life was good. Like I had no complaints. I was kind of in the zone. Uh, things were up and to the right for me. And going into my junior season, you have every year you have this meeting with one of your coaches, right? And so going into my junior season, I had another one of those meetings and it was really chill no big deal, right? And I walk in, and instead of one coach being there, there was three. And one of the coaches, um, when I'm when I sit down at the table, the, you know, uh, he actually gets up to close the door behind him. And so I'm thinking, 
uh, that's not a good start to the, this meeting, you know. And, um, and and one of the coaches sits down at the table, looks right across the table from me, and says, "Alex, I want to shoot you straight. Uh, we have over scholarship at quarterback. We are bringing in someone to take your spot." And at that point in my life, you know, football was kind of my identity. That's who I was. You know, like if I had a bad practice, my whole day was ruined. You know, so much of my identity was wrapped up in who I was as an athlete, right? And in that moment, what he was essentially telling me is like, you are not good enough. Mm-hmm. And in that in that moment where I'm just, my mind's racing, where he's telling me this crazy news, he says, Alex, you have two options. Option number one is you're cut. Like, that's it. Thank you, but no thank you. And option number two is you can stay on as this volunteer assistant coach. Like, we could find something for you to do. And he's like, by the way, you need to decide right now in this meeting room what you want to do. <laughs> And so as you can imagine, like as a junior in college, like I'm, my mind is racing, I'm frustrated, all these things in that moment. He's like, you have to give us an answer right now. I don't even know what to say, you know? And I, I just felt in that moment called to stay on, stay at Mizzou. And so I said, well, I, I guess I'll stay on as an assistant coach, whatever, whatever that means, you know? And so they all stood up and they shook my hand, walked me out of the door. And it was like a business transaction, right? And I remember walking past the player who took my spot. I knew who he was. That was tough. I remember going out to my truck and just parking it somewhere and just, man, just like crying, just feeling so humiliated. Like my life, you know, I had all these big aspirations, kid from a small town, wanted to do these things. And then this is where it leads to like me getting cut from the team. Like, how does that work? <laughs> that, that was not in my uh, five-year plan. Right. And uh, we had a few weeks until our first practice and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, after I was, I mean, it was a tough few weeks. I can't, I can't sugarcoat it. Like it was a huge trial because football was such a big part of my life and it was this massive loss. Right. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to, I'm going to make it as a coach. I'm going to do big things as a coach. And that's what I thought at least. And I remember showing up to that first day of practice thinking, you know what, they're going to give me this big role on the team. Like they're going to give me the free Mizzou swag, the free gear, the free new Nike shoes, all these things, all the perks you get as an athlete. Right. And I show up, Johnny, and one of the assistant coaches, he kind of pulls me aside and he's like, Alex, I want to show you what your job's going to be. And he he shows me, I still have it to this day, he shows me this yellow flag. And for your listeners, it's like a yellow referee flag. This is the actual flag he gave me. And he pulls me over to the side and he says, Alex, I want to show you what you're, you know, we need to work on our discipline in practice. And so what you're going to do is when someone jumps off sides, you're going to take this flag and your 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 listeners can't see this, but you're going to throw it down to the ground, right? You're just going to throw it down. And and the worst part about the whole deal is he actually like demonstrated how to do that twice. He like showed it to me twice. And I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, what a rocket scientist of a coach, you know? <laughs> I'm like, what, what is going on right now? But long story short, for the sake of your, this show here, my entire junior season, I'm throwing the darn flag. I'm doing, I'm printing off, co- you know, copies of the practice plan before practice. I'm making coffee for the coaches. I'm doing all these like, in my mind, like such irrelevant things. Like what, like why asking all the big questions in life? Like, why am I here? What am I doing? And I'll just say this in that junior season, some cool things started to happen. Number one, just the sheer humility of the situation of being brought so low. You know, there was, there are so many relationships today that I forged in that time because I stuck with it. And I think people, just the encouragement they gave me when I was at my lowest. Right. And you know, my my senior year was coming around the corner. I told the coaches, 
I want to do whatever I can to get back on the team. And I remember being like in my street clothes at practice. I'm like running sprints with the team. I'm doing all these things to show like, hey, I have one more year of eligibility. I want to get back on the team. I'm not going anywhere. And long story short, um, I did get back on the team as a quarterback. We, we go to the Citrus Bowl my senior year. We beat Minnesota. It was like an awesome, I guess, ending to my career. But the reason why I share that on your podcast today, Johnny, is that when I look back at all my years as a player and then the one year where I, I threw this darn flag and I didn't really have a title and I felt kind of worthless, I would argue, and I think a lot of my old teammates, coaches, fans would agree, that I made a way bigger impact the one year that I threw that darn flag, the one year that I didn't have a title, the one year that I, I was questioning so many things in my life than all my years as, a, as an athlete. And my message to your listeners is that leadership requires no title, you know, and I think I had to learn that the hard way and I had to be humiliated and exposed in that way. But I had to fully take ownership of, okay, what can I do to get get better? And um, so, man, I'm sorry for that mouthful right there. But that that you asked me, you you opened it up, man. That's my story. (laughs) That's a little bit about, man, my, my background. And so now my message when I go speak to organizations and teams is that's my message is, you, to be excellent, to show up today with excellence, I don't care what where you are at in the depth chart. I don't care what your job title is because you can show up with integrity and be excellent today. And and the only person stopping you from doing that is yourself. I, I, I think that's such a such a neat story there, and I'm sure there's all sorts of other twists and turns that that are along the way in that as well. But um, yeah, that I I have such a fascination. I always grew up playing sports, and I've loved watching sports. I have almost this. Uh it's almost kind of like my true crime type of passion that sometimes I'll look up athletes that uh, have, you know, on top of the world making millions of dollars and then they end up like being poor and have no money when they're in their 40s and 50s. Um, and I just always find that so sad because they, yeah, they literally had everything, everything that every little boy ever dreams of. And then it's just squandered. And I love hearing the reverse of a story like yours where that humility came in and that's really what drove you towards better success. So sometimes those athletes that don't have as much humility given to them early on, they you're going to find it at some point in life. It's better to find it a little bit earlier on and able to apply that when, when you become an adult. Yeah, that's a really good perspective. I haven't, I hadn't thought about it like that before, but you're right. And it's like, I'm grateful that I was in a way humiliated and had to go through that because I don't think we would be on this podcast right now together because I don't think I would have ever pursued the work that I'm pursuing as being an author and a speaker and all these things. And I think that's the message to anyone listening is that you never know how you'll be used during those moments that are trials in your life, you know? And so you can look at a situation like that. And I didn't handle everything perfectly by any means, but as I look back on it, it's like you can either, a situation like that can either define you or you can let it refine you. And I think when you live with that mindset of, you know what, I'm going to show up today. I don't have to show up to practice today. I get to show up to practice. When you have that mentality, it changes the the way that you do things. It changes the way that you work. I think all of us could apply that simple strategy of, I don't have to do my job. I get, you don't have to do this podcast. You get the opportunity to have a podcast that can make an impact on people. And like, when you think of it like that, it truly does change your perspective and your outlook on life. 
You bring up a really important word that uh, I, I was telling Alex right before came on here that uh, my, my day job is as a counselor, that most of you listening um, have, have probably heard that before, that often what I emphasize with my clients, that healing and getting through some of these emotional difficulties generally is pretty simple. And, and I make sure to uh, parse that out a little bit more. I, I don't mean that it's easy. It can be very difficult, but I liken it to things like an athlete or going to the gym. Go to the gym getting in good shape. That's not very complicated. You, you wake up and you lift weights. You run. You eat better. I mean, th- there's not a lot of moving pieces there, but it's that consistency and putting in that hard work. Um, and, and I love that you brought out that simple piece there that Go, doing hard work is really not that complicated. It just takes discipline and it takes being consistent. And, and, and I would love to hear kind of your story after college, getting into speaking and becoming an author and, and doing all the things you're doing. How, how did that happen? I know it took a lot of work, but what, what was your story about getting involved in those things? Yeah, it's a great question. I took a public speaking class my senior year at the University of Missouri. And in that class, I remember there was only 27 kids in the class, but there was only two of us that like enjoyed it. Like I, I remember looking forward to like the presentations where everyone else in the class was like, I, it was one of those deals where it's like, if you go first, you get like an A. So like every time I'm like, I'll go, you know, it's like, you could, what's the worst that could happen, you know? Um, so I, I, I realized I enjoyed speaking and then I met John Gordon, who's now my co-author, uh, about eight years ago when I was on the team at Mizzou, um, he spoke to the athletic department and I saw the motivation, the, the things in his life, um, that I said, wow, I, I, I want to be like that when I'm older. And so I straight up asked him, I said, look, I, I, I see what you're doing. I have a, I would love to do what you, whatever you just did. I want to do that when I'm older. Um, can I like be mentored by you? Can I learn from you? And he gets asked that a lot. I didn't know that, but I just went up to him and asked him and, and he essentially said, you know, are you willing, are you willing to work for free? And I think he was kind of testing me a little bit. And I said, absolutely. And so I started managing, you know, doing sales for him, doing all kinds of things that, which then led to me speaking on his books. He has now 28 books. Many of them are best selling books. And, and then last year, um, you know, just through years of speaking kind of underneath him and learning from him, from him, um, you know, then I brought, we, we, we worked on our book called the sale, which we published together last year as co-authors, a book about building trust, integrity, and it's a, it's a business fable. So it's a story, you know, it's, it's a story that teaches these principles. And I think what's unique is, you know, he's way further in his career. He's been doing this for 20 years now. I'm just getting started, but it's cool that we've seen as co-authors integrity in each other. We've built trust. I didn't come to him and say, what can you do for me? Right. I came to him and said, how can I add value to you and then learn from you? Right. So on both ends, we've added value to each other over the last seven years. And then now we write a book about how you can build trust with other people through the way you lead with integrity. And so it is cool. It's definitely, I think, uh, as a person of faith, I think it's just God aligning that and and God blessing the different aspects of that relationship. But I think it's just a cool lesson for me that I've learned is like when you see something that you're like, wow, that is something I aspire to or I want to learn how to do that just be willing to ask because if I wouldn't have asked, if I would have never reached out and been intentional, like again, I, I probably wouldn't be on this podcast with you. And I think it's just a message to, to remind myself every time when I think of something, and, you know, obviously I guess you could get carried away with this, but for the most part, when in life, when there's an opportunity where you kind of, you know, like, okay, should I ask this person this question or should I, you know, uh, help this person that's in need? It's like, it just, 
it's almost for me at least the times that I don't act on those impulses or those promptings, I usually look back with regret. And so for me, it's like mm -hmm. life's too short for that. Um, write that book, be, you know, quit that job to start your own counseling practice. It's like figure out what you are called to do and take steps in that direction to do it. I, I love what you were saying there of of asking for help. That that's something that so often I see in my in my practice of oh I don't want to ask for help I don't want to bother them or um, maybe talking about themselves too much I don't want to look like I'm selfish and constantly I'm redirecting wait a second Be, being humble kind of that whole concept it, it means that you're not thinking of yourself all the all the time it doesn't mean that you're just downgrading yourself or talking terrible about yourself or not accepting help like God gave us people around us for a reason. We, we need community. Uh, yep. When he when he created Adam, he didn't just keep Adam, right? He, he made Eve. Like we're, right. we're built in that way. Um, so I love that you parse out there that just go ask for help. Um, that that actually is kind of a, like for, for my Christian listeners, that is a sign of pride to not ask for help. Um, like you're, you're saying that you got it all on your own and, and you don't. We all need other people. Um, what, was, that, was that a struggle for you to ask for help? Or did that something maybe after your experience there in college, kind of that humility uh, became a little bit easier for you? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. But you bring up a great point. I mean, I think especially as Christians, are you willing to not act like I have it all together, right? Um, I think about, you know, even um, last year, me and my wife, I remember we went to a, f a friend that recommended us to a, a, a really good Christian counselor in our area. And I kind of went in a little skeptical because I'm like, I don't know if I, whatever air quotes, need this, right? But I'm telling you, what he did is he sat down with us, he opened up the Bible, and, and when he, um, I just really respected the way that he uh, had conversations with both of us. There was things that I, it was mainly for me that I, I, I thought that going in, but then it was mainly me that needed to be worked on in a lot of different ways. And so it was cool in the end how that all just, yeah, no, I walked away from that going like, wow, I think I should regularly be meeting with a counselor of some type. So I think the work that you do is so important. Um, so I just want to encourage you in that and, and your listeners as well. But I do think there's an element of at times we think, well, you know what, life's so busy, like this is the this is the time where I don't really need this. You know, maybe at some point when life slows down, then I will get the coach, then I will get the accountability, then I'll get the counselor. But as you know, you see people every day, I'm sure in your practice that they should have done it earlier <laughs> and they should have, um, and if they could have got that accountability, if they could have got that reinforcement, um, they wouldn't show up at your office with maybe some of the issues that could have been easily avoided earlier on. There's a, there's a, a song by the band uh, Casting Crowns called Slow Fade, right? And it, and it and the song I'm not going to sing on your show. Don't worry, Johnny. I don't want to <laughs> don't want to turn away all your listeners. But you know the the song at the end. You know it says people never crumble in a day, and I, I love that line because the reality is I, I'm sure you you would agree. You know you'd probably see the same thing in your practice. It's like you know when you see in the news maybe a celebrity or someone who makes just a really bad decision that have, that negatively impacts a lot of people. You know, there's that ripple effect, whether it's an organization, a sports team, you name it. When you look at that person's life, you know, my dad, he's been like an investigator for 40 years. When he talks about investigations, he does. There's never just, there's usually never one person who wakes up on a Monday morning and says, you know what? Uh, today is the day that I'm going to 
humiliate my family, throw everything away, uh, you know, get fired from my job. Like usually it doesn't happen like that. Usually there's, if you look back, there's usually this trail of rationalization. There's this trail of betrayal or there's these, you know, there's, there's these signs that you can point to to say, wow, look at those small rationalizations that started snowballing to where now there was this massive explosion, I guess you could call it. And so I think for me in working with leadership teams, things like that, it's like, how can you be introspective to look at your own life and realize, you know what, I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all together. What are the things that I can do in my life to ensure that I can um, lead for the long haul, you know, to be a durable leader. I literally sent out an email newsletter this morning. I have something called Focus Friday. I send out to thousands of leaders and um, I was driving my Honda CRV last night on the way to uh, speaking engagement. And I, I, I thought in my head as I was driving down the highway of like, cause it hit a hundred thousand miles. Right. And so it's an older car. And I, I thought, you know, what makes a durable leader? What makes a Honda, a Honda, you know, it's not really a, a flashy car, but for the most part, they last a long time. I, I looked up an article. There's this in Kentucky, there's a Honda CRV that lasted a million miles. Right. And so it's like, these things are battle tested. They're, 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 they're in it for the long haul. And so I started thinking what makes a leader durable in that way. And I think it starts with integrity. I think it starts with, you know, understanding the vision for where they're headed, the North star in their career, what allows them to have that long-term success. And then I think the last part you hit on that I said in the, in the newsletter this morning was, you know, leaders have support, durable leaders are, they have support around them and people that are in their corner and who are saying, Hey, you know, I support you. How can I be praying for you? How can I be encouraging you? All these different things. And without, you know, God created us for that and 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 to have that like you mentioned and so man those are the things that i'm kind of passionate about so i appreciate you you bringing that up absolutely uh, w one major reason why i made this podcast is so much content out there is focused on what's going wrong and mind you i always say it's not a bad idea to know what's going on around you in the world if there's things going on either in, in politics or just things going on that you, you disagree with, I think being informed is good. So I'm, I'm not telling listeners to turn off the news forever. What I am saying is that staying there and just being glued to the TV all day, oh my goodness, can you believe this happened or that happened, and then just being angry and apathetic, and that's it. Like That's, that's not what we're called to do. We're, we're not called to just be passive viewers of the carnage around us we're called to be creators we're called to be doers we're called to be active so that's what i like a, a lot a lot of the work that you're doing you're, you're encouraging people to be active regardless of the listeners out here whether they want to be a speaker or a writer or uh, ask a girl out or try out for a new job whatever they're doing if they are being passive and not putting themselves out there what would your be what would your advice be to the listeners to put themselves out there be active and go for it what what do you think that they should do yeah that's that's a great question i think first off you know as a christian i think for for myself it's like how can i align with the things that i'm doing with what god is calling me to do and so i think it starts with just being in prayer of you know god would you open up opportunities would you make it clear to me in the path that i should go and i think for me it's like what are the things that I am passionate about that I would not have to get paid and I would still do them, right? And so for me, that's speaking, that's writing books, that's being on podcasts. 
I'm well, I'm not getting paid uh, to be on on this podcast, right? So it's like, but I love doing this, right? And so it's like those are the things. Um, I recently read a book. It just came out by Dan Sullivan and a strategic strategic coach uh, called Ten X is Easier Than Two X. And the whole book talks about it's not just saying ten X as in work ten times harder. It's saying find find the twenty percent of your your unique ability. That's what they talk about in the book. Everyone has a unique ability. Find that unique gifting and ability and really spend a large majority of your time in that gifting, right? And because what he says, the argument in the book is that so many people as business owners don't do that. They do the opposite. They get bogged down in all the other things, but they neglect that unique ability. That's what you need to be fostering. That's what you need to double down on. And so I think, um, you know, I read a John Maxwell book called Put Your Dream to the Test. John Maxwell, he's the author of 60 books. I've done all these things. And what he said is when you look for a career or you find a calling, he said a lot of people will enter a career that maybe naturally on a scale of one to 10, on a skill level, they're a, a four, right? And if they want to work really hard and grind it out, maybe they could get to a seven or an eight, right? But what he says is you find something that naturally you're maybe a six or seven, right? And then when you apply hard work to it, boom, now you're getting closer to that nine to 10. And that really, that really struck me because I, I was in a job in corporate America, crunching numbers, doing things that, it, yeah, it paid the bills and it was a great job. But man, like I wasn't, that, I didn't feel very called to do that. I wasn't passionate about that. I'm glad I did it for five years. But that's when I started cultivating this side hustle and started doing speaking on the side. Right. And so then after five years, I was able to walk away from my lucrative full time career because I was able to show my wife, look how much money I've made from the side hustle. It's actually almost more than my full time job. So it was an easy conversation. She's like, of course, go for it. Right. And I think a lot of people assume like if they have this dream or passion, it's like, well, to do this, I would have to quit my full time job. Like, that's not true. Like, what is the step that you can take now proactively? to take one step in that direction. Is it starting, you know, starting a podcast like what you've done? Is it creating a website? Is it blogging? Like there's so it's never been easier to start a business, a lifestyle business. And I think for me, I'm passionate about telling people I started as a side hustle and I did that for four and a half years before I then made the leap because I felt like God was calling me to do that. And I met with, you know, mentors in my life. They affirmed it like, Hey, go for it. You know, you got nothing to lose. And I think the only reason I got there is because I was first faithful into taking those early steps to show up, to be excellent, to say, how can I get better at this craft? Even if I have to get up early before my day job starts, I want to honor the employer. So I'm going to work outside of my work hours to make it happen. Like those are the steps that I had to take. And I think a lot of people ask me all the time, how can I be a speaker? How can I, I want to go speak at X amount of events per year. Well, that's awesome. But do you want to sleep in the airport like I had to do two months ago? Like, that's part of, like, you see all the stuff on social media, but you don't see the fact that, like, sometimes, like, I will literally be in an airport for 13 hours to go speak for 45 minutes. That's the trade-off because of the flight delays and things. But it's like, I keep showing up and doing it. And so I think for me, headed into the new year, it's really, you know, defining what I want in my business and defining what I feel like, you know, for example, with two kids now, I don't, the appeal of, of being traveling, always being gone isn't there for me anymore. And so how can I be intentional to say, Hey, you know what? I actually want to only want to do 36 speaking engagements this year. That's it. Right. And so I'm going to trust that, that I'll be able to provide for my family based off that. And so I think there's things like that, that I'm trying to get intentional with, um, that man, I think people can, can do the same thing in, in their lives and their businesses as well. 
I, I, I really like what, what you, you teased out there and uh, something in, in my personal life that, uh, so I started my own counseling practice. It's been, it's been about a year now um, that, that I did that. And much like you, I had a full-time job when I opened it and, and this was not my full-time job. Um, the podcast, same thing. Um, still definitely not a full-time job, um, but been doing it on the side. And actually, uh, I don't think I've actually talked about this on the podcast yet. Earlier this year, the full-time job I was working at, it was, uh, for those of you that really don't know a lot about the counseling world, um, finding a job in counseling is basically the easiest thing ever. I, I, I could go to Alex's hometown right now and find a job. Like, they, they're everywhere. There's hurting people absolutely everywhere. So I've never really worried about being laid off before because there's people that have issues all over the world. Um, but the company I was working for was more on the tech side of things than on the counseling side of things. Um, they're based in California. And uh, those of you that remember, um, again, this is airing and our outwards recording, uh, October 2023. In March of 2023, there was all these bank closings. The, the first one was Silicon Valley Bank. And wouldn't you know, that was the bank my company used. And... <laughs> My alarm bells are going off. We got an email saying, oh, we should be able to get your paychecks this week. I'm thinking, uh-oh, that, that sounds bad. Um, so because I'd already started my practice, I had already kind of done some things, I was able to say, you know what? I don't need to live in fear of having a job being laid off um, when I know I can get jobs elsewhere. So I left them, and I'm, I'm on my own now and doing some contract work. And one of the perks of me having that full-time job was um, we had eight weeks off of leave um, when you had a kid. And uh, we just had our, had our son just a couple months ago. Well, wouldn't you know that the very week that my son was due to be born, that company I worked for went under. Like eight weeks off wouldn't have mattered. I wouldn't have had a job. Um, and they would have given me a whole one week's worth of severance. So – would have been in a very bad spot. Um, and I certainly thank the Lord for uh, kind of the, the wisdom and guidance there and protection for the family. And we've, we're in such a better spot there. But that would not have been possible had I not done my due diligence and done some of my side things, kind of like Alex did. It, it's kind of an insurance blanket there too. So yeah, the, the, uh, what you said earlier, Alex, is true. The only thing limiting you is yourself. Um, so just just go out and do it. And if you fail, you fail. But you, you gave it a shot. Um, much better to fail and have tried than to fail by not even trying at all. Yes, exactly. And, yeah, I, I love that, man. And, yeah, I'm excited to continue to listen to your podcast because, yeah, you're bringing on people that are that are doing that. And I think, yeah, for all your listeners, I would love to connect with anyone um, that, that wants to reach out and, um, yeah, I'm uh, just really excited to stay and connect with you, man. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, where can people uh, find you once this show airs? Yeah. So my website is alexspeaking.com for anyone that wants to bring me in and speak at an event. But then if they want to write a book, if you're like, hey, I have a story I want to share. I want to use it as a business card for my business. Our website is writemybooks.com. So that's writemybooks.com. You can just fill out the info and we'd love to set up a call with you just to hear more about your book and, and how we could help help you do that and bring your book to life. Awesome. 
All right. Well, I'll have all that included down there in the show notes uh, below. And Alex, thanks again so much for being on and, and sharing your story with us. Hey, thanks, Johnny. Uh, be blessed, man. And uh, thanks so much for, for having me on. Absolutely. And thank you to everybody that uh, listened to another show, Faithfully Engaged, and we'll catch you on the next one.